screen as well. There we go. Jason's a static oh, image at the moment. Yeah, Jason, are you Hang just... on. <laughs> Jason, Jason's hit the freeze um, button. Dan, can I ask you a quick question about that light? Um, uh, yep. How, how many characters in Terminal does it take to make that flash? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, old school is a physical button uh, and it, it lights an incandescent globe. So yeah, it's, I've it's, got this light. It's so simple to use. You basically have to type in cron access <laughs> yeah, yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> First, you have to build yeah. a Kubernetes cluster. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> enter, enter, colon, enter, enter, orc, enter, enter. Yeah. It's the shit that we're talking for busy. What about the missus? What does she think about it? Loves it. Loves it. Loves a good bulgogi beef burrito. Interesting. So code word. Like beans, beans, rice. <laughs> same like, word. Bulgogi, <laughs> bulgogi. Yeah, no, I get that. You didn't say bulgogi beef. We've <laughs> 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 made Jason leave. Oh, he's so, no, I'm not taking the piss, Alex. I, I'm I'm happy to no. look at the Mexican Korean place. Why is that? A, why is that a fusion? Mexican Korean? That doesn't make any no. sense. Well, and if Korean you... is the ultimate fusion fusion cuisine. Korean food is always fu- like they've just accepted other cuisines into what Korean is. Like, but hang on, the Korean. Korean. When was the Korean War? Like 1950 50, yeah, something. Blah blah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that's really not good. that long ago. They must have had yeah, a, that's where, a, a rich tapestry prior to that. Yeah, you got like the bibimbaps and bulgogi and <laughs> noodles and chicken. Sure, that's yeah. <laughs> and then, not a big, no, not big, not big on noodles. They not big eat on noodles rich tapestries. Did they eat the tapestries? I don't know. <laughs> Attention, maybe that was the prologue. Was the too much tapestry? Was the tapestry on tell. rice paper? Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Four Beers In. Thanks for rejoining us, or thanks for listening to your first Four Beers In. Episode. So this week's topic is UBI, Universal Basic Income. Uh, it came after we spent a bit of time questioning Alex Alex's complete enthrallment with uh, Korean cuisine for some reason. Um, so UBI is a discussion that's been circulating throughout the tech industry and more broadly being implemented in uh, Spain. Uh, Kenya, Portugal, um, but outside of the tech sector as well. Um, more locally, a similar short-term principle known as JobKeeper, as as many of you probably know, uh, is in Australia. But um, but what is UBI? Why should I know about it? Um, why is it an interesting idea? Um, we have a discussion around that. Uh, interesting take on how to give people a leg up and uh, certainly an opportunity to innovate for businesses, for instance. Look, I'm not going to lie, UBI led us to some very random places, unsurprising to the tech sector, of course, but um, I think we went to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, Artificial Intelligence, uh, Human Extinction, uh, Time Travel, uh, Sydney Real Estate. Uh, Look, it definitely gets a bit blue, but um, I think we absolutely solved the world's problems. Um, And uh, yeah, we woke up with a headache for sure. Enjoy.
<laughs> it's a while away from Chatswood. That's so on UBI. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look, I've ranted about this for a long time, so I've, I've got uh, I've got plenty in the bank here. Mm. So, uh, but there's, right. there's, yeah. So a universal bastard indicator. Yeah, yeah, okay. So UBI, the concept is... What does UBI stand for? Universal basic income. And right. each of those things mean a lot. And I know they kind of sound obvious but a lot of people get these things wrong when they talk about it they start talking about all sorts of crazy shit which we'll get to in a minute so universal being it is everybody everybody gets the payment right so this this is an alternative uh to a lot of different things it's a it's a social security net it's a uh, unemployment benefit it's all those sorts of ideas that we just try and grossly simplify we try and try and bring them down to one payment that everybody gets equally so the the U is the universal. Everybody gets it. Doesn't matter if you're the richest person in the country. Doesn't matter if you're the poorest person in the country. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, basic, and that emphasis on basic. It is a very low amount of money. It is not the sort of money that you could just retire and live a life of luxury. You're not going on UBI and smoking cones all day because you're not going to be able to afford the cones, right? It, it, it is not something that's going to leave you in a state of luxury. It is definitely basic, and. It is income. It is enough to live off. Not enough to have a, a luxurious life, but it's enough to live off. That's the whole concept of UBI. So why UBI and why not other safety nets? That's usually the big one, right? The first thing people say is, oh, well, we've got the dole and we've got disability income and we've got uh, age pension and we've got parental income. We've got all these sorts of things. Why do we bother? Why do we bother with UBI as a concept when we've got all these other things in place already? It's a good question. Really good question. Um, obviously, whatever. If we're going to replace a whole bunch of things that we've got in place now, they've got to be. It's got to be better. It can't be. We can't be replacing it with a worse thing. And then whether or not it's better or worse is hard without actually doing it. Right? We, we can't sort of. It's one of these things where you can't experiment without actually affecting the lives of real people. So for now, it's a lot of hypothetical bullshit. Um, but is this place is. But is sorry, it though now because with the. <laughs> The whatever called job keepers, job job whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's so like that's a run through, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so you know, one of the things that um, if we look at the current systems that we've got in place, there's massive downfalls to them, right? So, there's we often hear about people falling through the cracks, especially people who are um, either on disability pensions themselves or people who are looking after people who are on disability pensions, so full time carers. We constantly hear about those people falling through the cracks. I have friends who work in various mental health industries and their whole job is just to try and help people get the doll because these people are in, in such a either a mental health or a physical health poor situation where they can't physically get themselves up into Centrelink to be able to fill out the paperwork, to be able to get the money that they they rightfully deserve, um, and those sorts of situations. I mean, and they're certainly edge cases, right? So they're the you know they're five percent of the population. They're not these massive sort of 60 percent of the population. But if you look at those sorts of individuals who are probably the most needy out of out of anyone who genuinely genuinely have a need and genuinely it's not a, it's not a case of a choice that they're making. It's something that's happened to them through a health issue or whatever. These sorts of universal without means testing income sources give them a much better level of guarantee. They get the money no matter what. There's no, they can't not get the money through any fault of their own or any fault of anybody else. Um, so that's that's one side of it to look at. The other side of it is 
Um, you know, so that's that's sort of on the on the very needy side, and I'm, I'm rushing through this really quickly because I know we're sort of short on time with all this. The other side of it is um, when it comes down to not people in need, right? So just just general everyday day to day people who, um, you know, we're all wage slaves. We all sort of go out there and, and do what we do for a living for money. Um, I feel, and I, certainly a lot of other people feel that innovation. Um, around the world is really sort of held back because a lot of people are just too afraid to take the jump. Um, and I think this is probably poignant for, for especially Sean, right? As someone who runs a business of their own, uh, you know, what, what would you do? You know, the, the old sort of hypothetical thing, what would you do with a million bucks? What would you do if, if money was a problem? Maybe dial that back a bit. What would you do if there was, there was less risk in life, right? If you were working for whoever you're working for right now um, and then suddenly you had this idea that maybe you could try something on your own, right? Whether it was something in your industry or something completely unrelated, whether it was a production that you wanted to have a crack at or whether it was a, uh, a thing that you wanted to roll out somewhere and, and, and test as a business idea, what's stopping you from doing that? Right? For, so for a lot of people, there's just a, a fear that they're not going to be able to pay the mortgage. They're not going to be able to put food in the table. They're not going to put their kids through school. Those, those sorts of basic fears. So we all become sort of wage slaves a little bit. So UBI is an interesting concept when it comes to um, being a, a Kickstarter for innovation across everybody, everybody who's, who's working. So that's sort of two sides and both of those on the receiving side, right? So there's there's uh, the down and out who at the moment are falling through the cracks because mean testing doesn't work properly and all that sort of stuff. So it gives them a guaranteed form of income and they, they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, there's those of us who are working and maybe we want more of a guaranteed safety net that if we were to go out and take a take a stab at something random, we wouldn't lose the house. We wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't mm. put ourselves into, into a destitute scenario. On the other side of it, the employer side, and this is something I think that is is not really spoken about when people talk about UBI. Um, in this country, especially in Australia, it is really hard to sack someone, right? That, that's it's yeah. <laughs> astoundingly difficult. Um, even when people are really fucking useless, it's really hard to sack them. Why is that so, right? So we've got all these laws in place that make it difficult to sack people. And really what they're there for, the laws are there to stop people becoming destitute, right? It's to stop people going on the dole. It's to stop people having to rely on these social, um, these social networks. And I think that point especially is really interesting now with COVID-19, right? So we saw when, when COVID-19 hit and, and whatever, suddenly 10% of the Australian population are unemployed. We saw this massive uh, headache for Centrelink. They couldn't process people fast enough, so people are going without money, which they which they deserve because it's unemployment benefits, and it was right for them to go and get the means tested and get the money. But they were missing out on this money for you know upwards of four to six weeks because the load on Centrelink was so high that they couldn't deal with it. Now, if UBI is in place, that vanishes. Right, so not only do uh, if people are suddenly unemployed through anything, whether it's a pandemic like this, or whether it's a tsunami, or whether it's just bad luck, right, a market crash, another GFC, or something like that, the money's there already. It's already in place. It's already happening. On top of that, we just we do away with the concept of Centrelink. I think we'll grossly downscale it. Now, I I don't know the real figures. I've been asking around a few people I know working camera and sort of saying what's the size of these these places. They estimate 110 to 150 thousand people Australia wide are working for Centrelink, which is a huge amount of people. Uh, even if it's half that, it's still a ridiculous amount of people. So you know we we already when you consider how many tax dollars go into the social system and the social backup, the, the social financing system for, for everything across all the pensions and everything like that as well. 
you also have to put in on top of that the wages of the individuals who are processing all of this. So that's a, that's a huge dollar amount. So a lot of the questions come out of this, like who's going to pay for UBI? Well, you know, maybe UBI ends up being the same cost, even though everybody's getting some. Maybe we're also looking at the fact that it ends up the same cost because the administration overhead of people and processes and systems and computers, you know, we're always hearing about um, Centrelink systems not being fast enough and their systems are crashing, all this kind of stuff. All that goes away because it's just something that everybody gets. On top of that, for employees, as I was saying, sort of saying before, it's no longer hard to sack anybody, right? So from an employer point of view, you can start being a little bit more ruthless about the quality of people that you employ. <clears throat> now that sounds a bit harsh, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure everybody has at some point in their career a fellow employee who they <clears throat> probably looked at and went, How the hell's that person still got a job? Why don't they get sacked? And usually they're just not getting sacked because it's too hard for your boss to sack them, right? They've just yeah. got to go through too much paperwork and they've got to deal with HR and they've got to deal with all that bullshit so they don't bother. What if it was really easy to sack them? What if it was just like, mate, you suck, out, get out, right? So I can't help but wonder if you're looking on both sides of UBI, if you're looking on the employee side where if, you, if you're a bit smarter and you're willing to take a risk, you're willing to take a jump, you've got that safety net there, you might have a go. You might take the jump. You might try and do something and innovate and create new industry and do these sorts of amazing things. Likewise, on the employer side, they're kicking dead weight out all the time, right? Every time and, and how much of us have problems day to day. I mean, we talk about this all the time. So-and-so doesn't know the difference between their password X and their password Y. So-and-so can't log into the storage. So-and-so can't. Oh, all these dumbasses that work for us, right? They're gone. We sack them all because it's <clears throat> now okay to sack everybody. There's no laws in place. You can sack anybody you want. But, so but how, how, how does that work then with universal basic income? Isn't that supposed to protect everyone regardless of who you are? Correct. Yeah, How does right. that work? So, yeah. if you, so, so you, sit, you sack them because sacked, you're out. They've got the universal basic income already. So the, the idea is that you, everybody gets paid this universal basic income and the, the finances uh, and, the, and the, the economics of it, one of the things a lot of people say is the, as a, a negative to UBI is how does it work from a financial point of view? How, does it, how do we put a cap on it so that we just don't cause hyperinflation and things like that? Right? If you just give everybody 30 grand, then everything's going to go up by 30 grand. The, the, there are caveats clearly, right? You can't just put 30 grand on top of what everybody's earning already. Now, that's a challenge. It's a challenge to slot this in in place to an existing standard. The way it would work and would have to work would be that your wage would have to be on top of UBI. But at the same time, you would lose this 30 grand or whatever, 750 bucks a week, whatever it is, would replace all of the social welfare that the country has in place currently. So Medicare, everything else, you'd have oh, to pay. I, th I think, yeah, look, Medicare is a tricky one. I think health's a tricky one. Public health's a tricky one. Um, so I, I try and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's a really tricky one to talk about. So I think to, for the, for the argument of simplicity, ignore public health for the time. Being, okay, but but certainly, and it benefits and welfare. Yeah, like, and so any, yes. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So even if you just worked out what the current benefits and welfare payout a year was and yep. just divided that by the total population, yes, then and in then theory like, that shouldn't affect inflation or anything like that, right? Because that money's already going out. Correct. What really needs to be understood about UBI is that it is not a replacement of your existing comfort should you choose to do nothing, right? I understand. If, I understand. if you're sitting there on 100 grand and, you, and you're, you're making this much and you're living in this sort of house and you go, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore, you don't get to keep living that lifestyle, right? That's a choice you've made. No, 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 I get that. I get that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 what it is is to stop people becoming homeless, right? It's, it's to take – it's not to, to take away discomfort. It's to take away the absolute bottom end of it, right? So, oh. you want to you stop people getting into absolute poverty. You want to stop people getting into that downward spiral that they can't break back out of. You want to give people a leg up and an opportunity. And there will be people who will abuse this, of course, but you want to give everybody the same opportunity to say, okay, imagine if like you are down and out and everything's been taken away from you for, for no fault of your own. What could you do to help a person in that situation? Well, if you put a roof over their head and food on the table, and it doesn't have to be the sexiest roof over their head, and it doesn't have to be the nicest food on the table, but if you give them the basics and enough to not worry about where they're going to sleep at night and how they're going to fill their belly, and they can concentrate on things like self-improvement, self-education, all those sorts of things. That is an enormous leg up for an enormous volume of people. And I think, you know, it certainly doesn't solve every problem that everybody's got, but I think what it will do is it will see a massive uh, reduction in rates of things like homelessness. I think there is a huge uh, connection between the drug problem that we have at the moment, and, and all countries seem to have this, and it seems to be an escalating thing. And social situations there's enough literature out there around things like depression like the article i sent you guys today um and around things like um they've even done these really fascinating tests in the united states where they they did iq tests of people and they gave them a certain amount of spending money for a certain amount of time and they did iq tests on them and then they took that spending money away waited a couple of weeks and did another batch of iq tests on them the iq tests went down now the people didn't get stupid that didn't happen, right? Money doesn't make you smart or doesn't make you stupid. Well, what it certainly does is when there's a certain level of pressure and stress on you, it changes the way that you think about everything. It changes the way how present you are in the moment on any difficult decision-making process. So we've got evidence to prove this. We've got evidence to prove that when people are down and out and destitute, they make dumb decisions because they're panicky, right? And that's, that's kind of intuitive, right? I would, absolutely. If I was so busy worrying about how I'm going to feed my kids and how I'm going to put a roof over my head, absolutely, I'm going to start making some really panicky decisions. What if there was a safety net there in a guaranteed way for everybody in the same way that meant that if I did take risks, I wasn't worried about these sorts of things? So I think across the board, there's a lot of good that can come out of this. The biggest negatives that people talk about are always, how do you pay for it? Like, where does the money come from? And I think a big part of that is, you know, I don't know. I, I firmly believe the way that we tax the largest corporations is a real problem. Um, the, the biggest of the bigger getting away with paying very little tax by moving money around and all that kind of stuff. And it's difficult because you have to get all the nations in on this, right? Because it just takes one nation to sort of buck the trend and everybody loses. So I think worldwide, we all have to get really strict on how the megacorps are paying tax and they're going to have to pay their tax rightfully. We're going to have to knock off this concept. And this it's it's I do hear it around the place. I definitely hear it more from American sources. And I'm certainly not shitting on America by any stretch of the imagination. But you hear this concept of, you know, well businesses generate jobs, therefore we should give them leeway. But that's one down economics. Yeah, yeah, it's that concept. But, I, you know, I don't always agree with that. I think sometimes there are jobs that are not that much better than slave labor, right? Especially, and again, 
not trying to shit on the United States by any stretch of the imagination, but you look at how like service staff in the United States are paid where they live off mm. tips and those sorts of things. There was an article that came out the other day. Um, I saw it on uh, Not Onion on Reddit, which is a, a Reddit all about <laughs> sites, uh, news stories that look like Onion articles but aren't Onion articles. And it, was a, it was a local restaurateur who all of his staff went on unemployment benefits because they earned more than when they were working for him. And now he couldn't get any staff. Uh, and again, no fault of their own, right? They're missing out on money because we have means testing, because we're too worried about the rich prick at the top, the literal 1%. We're too worried about that guy getting money that we have to put means testing in. So do away with the means testing. And no no system is perfect, absolutely, right? What The system we have now is not perfect. It's so full of holes. So could UBI be better than the system we have now? Sure. I, think, I think it could. I think it could also completely screw up but I think if it's done carefully it could work and I think that across the board it has a massive amount of benefit I really think it benefits everybody it benefit, and, it, and the one that I think a lot of people a lot of people look at the employers and think they're the ones that are going to be hard done by by UBI and they will to a point right I think a lot of you a lot of employers would lose good staff if UBI got implemented I think a lot of good staff would go you know what fuck it I've got this this backup plan I'm going to go try run my own business because if I fail who cares I've got this backup right I can then they I can also, always go all their wages take a th- you know they all of a sudden you're not you know, potentially they just pay 30 grand less on everyone's wage. Correct. Well. Correct. Exactly. So they have that. There's a huge saving there for them. That's right. So, you know, that's, they're not- that's a saving that you, you can never actually realize, right? Uh, well, I mean, you know, some of that can like be redirected not, in tax. Yeah, I understand that, but yep. it's not as if we'd be flipping a switch. You can't implement a policy like that where you flip a switch. You basically say, oh, I've got 10 people, they're all paid $100,000 right now. Over the next 10 years, um, they wouldn't get CPI, for instance. So they would still get paid $100,000. Yeah. So, so I, I think that blended. So you yeah. they wouldn't actually actualize that, that, th- that benefit themselves. I definitely think that would be the best way to roll it out. If you, if you had to roll out UBI in a pinch, um, you know, you, you'd try and stagger it over the course of several financial years, at minimum, right? Maybe 10. So here's a question for you, right? And, and this is how do you get an equality or a parity from a state's point of view, given that their contribution is much higher, but they might be paying out lower. So therefore, some, you know, uh, Yes. Other states can um, can greatly benefit from that, or the inverse is, New South Wales will be consuming more, but doesn't necessarily take as much um, take as much tax. Um, I think that's a really good question. I think another good question too is cost of living being different in different places. Yes, like how how do you account for Sydney being higher cost of living, Brisbane as a, mm. as a trivial example, or Hobart as a trivial example? And I think I think they're they're non-trivial questions to answer. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give a flippant answer on any of those. I think have another beer and I'm sure you'll be able to. Yeah. Look, I yeah, think but, one, but, of, your, one your of the other, problems. Your, your other problem is that you can't just be about New South Wales and Western Australia. It's about okay, what's the oil price happening in you know yes. the Europe and so forth. Sure. Like it's, yes. you, you, you're, you, you can't be concerned at that point now. We, we are so global now. Yes, that for something like this to happen, you're going to have to get a lot of a lot of other countries on board to make that yes. work. Yeah, and so that, I think that's a fair point. I think other countries are going to have to do it as well. Um, certainly other first world countries are going to have to strongly think about it. You know, then there's going to be, um, you know, questions around immigration after that, right? Like that you, you might just be opening the floodgates. If, you, if you've got a country that's literally giving away money, so to speak, that becomes a pretty juicy target for folks who are living in places that aren't so great. Um, 
But yeah, yeah I, I think there is still I, quite a hectic. I mean, it took me like I'm an English speaking white person with a degree, and it took me five years to get citizenship. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've you've got a back you've got a back issue as well, yeah, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus yeah. Christ. But, you know, it's not like you, you can know. just turn up and be like. I want, all, I want all the benefits now, please. You oh, know, like, it, can you li- can you lift this bag of fruit? Oh, you can't. Oh well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I can fix computers. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Peter doesn't understand think- how they work. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. To answer, to answer Sorry, okay, Sean's so. question a little bit more, I think um, I think there are other problems that this will illustrate. I think one of the problems we have at the moment is, um, you know, Australia has more per capita has more people working for the public sector than most other first world countries, um, and and we have three layers of government where a lot of places don't for the same population sizes. Crazy, but certainly at a, at a government level, you know, we've got three layers of government where a lot of places don't. Um, we have, you know, this this big issue with the states and and this whole who earns how much money and where does the money go and all this kind of stuff. I th- I think Jason's point on globalization is really important here, right? Like how how much do we have to start? Or do we have to keep worrying about our backyard and our neighbours and all these sorts of things when legitimately the biggest threat to new business is the international market, right? So if, if any of us just quit our jobs today and started a new business, especially in our industries that are heavily technically focused, we're not fighting other Aussies for work. We're fighting Americans and we're fighting Europeans and we're fighting Chinese and we're fighting Japanese. We're fighting all these other high-tech countries who also have brilliant people you know, pushing products out in the world, we might even be teaming up with these people, right? We might, it might be us and someone else on the other side of the planet who are starting a business digitally. So, you know, I think I think the government has got much bigger problems than whether or not WA or New South Wales are putting more money into the economy. The government's got a lot of problems soon in how they're going to deal with, you know, international competition. And I think that's separate to this discussion, but I certainly think it's something they have to start thinking but, about. You know, those sorts of things are a real issue. The the, the world is shrinking uh, because everybody's 200 milliseconds away. So, you know, I, th- I think that's that's something to consider as well with with what are we getting as 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 customers of the government, what are we getting for our money when it comes to how they're currently policing everything? Is it an efficient process? Could that money go to better methods of of you know more efficient ways to push the money that we do have around the place? Especially considering, I don't think you'd find anyone in the country who'd be against more money going into education and health. Right, they're the big ones mm-hmm. that sort of uh, are like the the basis for the quality of life after that point. So I think you know UBI to me. It's certainly, I, I think it's as much to do with health as anything else. Um, the mental health stuff that I sent you guys today was a sort of a big indication of that. All the stuff I've seen personally, right, through friends who work in the mental health industries, when they, they look at folks who are sort of down and out, UBI just answers a lot of questions, it's, at least on the money front. Like money doesn't solve everything, certainly. I also wonder if, you know, um, like I've often wondered this, if I didn't have to work, what would I do? I'd probably do a lot more volunteer work. And I think a lot of people would feel the same. As my father said to me the other day, the uh, the meaning of life is a meaningful life, and he he's retired now. And how he's starting to do a lot of volunteer work himself, and he's getting I've never seen him happier. And he's doing some really shitty work with some really shitty people, but it's it's, it's stuff that's desperately needed. And he's getting a big kick out of it. For a guy who spent his whole life working in oil and gas, making a ton of money, doing really shitty work for shitty people, and and driving share prices up, he's now a lot happier. Huh? doing stuff for peanuts for people who really need it. So I think 
you know, we've, I think we've lost touch with our community. I think we've certainly lost touch with our elders, right? There used to be this whole respect your elders thing and that's just vanished. Um, we're certainly seeing a lot of old folks, you know, sitting in old people's homes, bored shitless with nobody to talk to. So, you know, I just, I can't help but wonder if we took a lot of pressure off the day-to-day living and we took a lot of pressure off, off grow the GDP, grow the share price, grow the stock market, all those sorts of things that we're being told the greed is good type of stuff when really it's the greed of one or two individuals, not all of us. If that worry and concern was taken away, if we wouldn't see a, a high quality, this is getting a bit philosophical and a bit bullshitty because I'm a couple of years in, but if the quality of life- <laughs> that's, that's the purpose of this podcast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Jesus yeah, right? Christ. If the quality of life as a whole would go up, even though perhaps our combined incomes would go down, if you see what I mean, because we, you know, we're starting to sort of taper off get rid of these big ups and downs of, of high earners, low earners and start to sort of level it all out. I don't think it would kill off innovation. I think, in fact, I think it would make innovation explode on an individual basis. And I think that's what we need at the moment. I think we've got a dramatic lack of inventors and scientists. And I don't mean scientists in the traditional, you know, lab scientists. I'm talking about people just tinkering shit in the backyard trying to make stuff. Um, and, I, and I certainly think that that would... Uh, <laughs> I certainly think that... That would explain. Anyway, so that's my rant. I think it's good for uh, employees. I think it's good for employers. And I think it's good for uh, all ends of the spectrum. That flames. I, 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 I think... I, I, you're right. I, I think as a concept, it's fantastic. How, how does it... How do you employ something like that? How, how do you instigate a Petri dish like Australia? Yeah. To commit to something like, well, I, 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 yeah, yeah, look, good question. And I almost wonder if it is not better for us to start, right? If, if, if a smaller economy had a crack at it, maybe Definitely. like New Zealand, right? What if, what if New Zealand did it? What yeah, if we did it? I feel like that, I think we will do it. Just that, yeah, they would be the closest. Someone like yeah. that or Norway or Finland yeah. or yeah. someone like that. Haven't, yeah. hey, haven't Portugal or somewhere just done it? Kenya, Kenya's done it. Yeah, right. But there was, of, uh, Kenya's had a crack though. But Spain yeah, no, or Portugal have done it off the back of COVID. They've given right. everyone a payment and they're, right. they're leaving it in place going forwards. Right. So there was there was yeah there was a Nordic country somewhere that tried it for a couple of months, um, but they did it in a smaller community. So there's a lot of criticism around it. They were saying it's not a not countrywide and it's a small population and blah 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 blah. <coughs> and what they found off the back of it, the two most interesting things was number one, nobody quit their jobs. Everybody just kept working. So there was this this concern that oh okay if you just give people free money they're all going to quit their jobs and you're going to get anarchy. Nobody did that. Number two, a lot more new business started, which is exactly what I've been saying all along, right? If you give, if you give people a more guaranteed safety net, I think a lot of people would quit their boring, shitty nine to five and they'd start doing something a little bit more interesting. <laughs> would you also then just have an influx of fucking blonde people on Instagram? Like, you know, are we are we almost at saturation of that? No, no, but, <laughs> but rem- remember, remember the B in UBI, right? The B in UBI is not I have enough money to go out and buy boobs. Boobs. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's not no, bikinis. I, so I don't need to work day to day. I have enough yep. money that I can sit here and get minor sponsorships from Rexona deodorant. But can get you? most of my boobs out except the last nothing. little bit. For, okay. for pretty much nothing. The outlay is zero. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But w- uh, when that market hits saturation point, what's the value of each individual? Well, I thought that was 10 years ago. Oh, um, apparently it, 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 yeah. The libertarian in me says, look, if that's a valid market, let it be a valid market. Then do it. 
right? Well, who am I to say that that's the wrong way to live your life or a wrong way to earn an income? You know, I guess that's, all, that's it. If, there, if there's a market for it, if, if other people are, that's, yeah. I mean, that's the whole OnlyFans thing. People all of are us willing work to pay in entertainment. $20 for Barbara downstairs yep. to take a top off. <laughs> all of us work in entertainment, right? So we're all whores to the industry. Barbara, the Jogi chef. Yeah, right. So- why not? Why why don't we all become Twitch streamers and do anything? Okay. Like but Phil, it, it, Phil can do his trains, J Bot okay. can do the what? Hang on, hang on. Hey, whoa, 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 hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. These are Asian fists. These are oh actually no. They're gonna work well. They're gonna work well. But okay. Is it is UBI only gonna work in a place like say North Korea or I don't know, Hungary or somewhere like that where it's more control, where they, they don't have access to Instagram and all this sort of other shit. So I'm just why, gonna that, why does that have this. any impacts on it there? Blow this wide open just for a second, right? So, so we've had all this discussion is about today. like this, this, yes, yeah, and then just blow. blow it. That's just, it. Yeah, blow it wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Go to get it. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I always talk about the um, the the uh, artificial intelligence singularity. I ram- rabbit on about this shit all the time. I love the singularity. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this this is We're the theory, fun. right? Yeah. So there is they they look at the what it takes in equivalent computing to come up with the amount of you could call it intelligence energy or output or calculation or whatever you want to call it, right? So what what can one human do versus how many computers does it take to match that one human worth of output? So they say that a couple, it was like about a decade ago, they hit a point on that graph where all the computers in the world equaled the output of one human. So it was about a decade ago, 2010-ish. And that graph continues to go up and up and up. And, you know, at some point, half the computers in the world can do what one human does. And, and, and eventually it'll reach parity where it's like one computer to one human. And then eventually it'll explode. And once it explodes, once the computers can calculate number crunch and simulate, do all these sorts of things. Skynet. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, yeah, Skynet's the one that everybody says. But, you know, there's, there's yeah, I'd like to remove malice from the situation altogether. There's a great TED talk by Sam Harris who talks about um, the, the worst thing is not that machines hate us. The worst thing is that they don't care, right? So when you build a house, do you check for every ant underneath the concrete slab that you lay, right? No, you murder millions of ants when you build your house. Mm, mm, are, yeah. are you Skynet? Are you a big evil? No, no, you just don't give a shit. Yeah, right? give a shit yeah. So, so the worst thing is not that the machines or the robots or whatever these things look like, it's not that they hate us and want to understand and kill us. They just don't they, care. They couldn't give two fucks, right? Yeah. They just go, yeah. you know what? If we just vacuum all the oxygen off planet Earth, it'll be more efficient, right? And they don't yeah. think about us. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's those sorts of problems. But ignoring that, the more immediate problem is there will be a point in human history where we're going to face massive unemployment, right? So the 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 Industrial Revolution 2.0 is going to hit us. It's already starting to hit us and it's hitting us in really weird places. So for instance, your, your low end of the legal... Um, industry, right? So your solicitors and Fine with them losing their conveyancing and you know all that kind of stuff. That's all going. It's all being vaporized. And it's all being turned into scripts and APIs, right? So it's all it's all being heavily automated. Blockchain contracts, mate. Blockchain yeah. contracts. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Blockchain will save us. <laughs> so you know, head. Bill's, it's Bill's preferred profession: train drivers. Gone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 The fact, so, yeah. Sorry, just as a side note, the fact that we still haven't just fucking automated all the trains blows my mind. Yeah, yeah well, that again, really that does, does, they yeah. are automated. What happened to that no, one no, that no. derailed in fucking Western Australia? No, no. So why, why haven't we automated them? Unions. Right. Yeah. And why do the unions protect people? 
jobs. Because there's no safety net for all those. Because there's companies. no safety net if we had UBI. So right, so you see automatically, right? UBI starts to answer a lot of these questions. We put in UBI. Put in a box. Yeah, we put in UBI. It doesn't matter, right? People lose a job. Who cares? They got a safety net. Great, right? So suddenly, like. And, and I think COVID is a, is a great example of this. We started talking really early on in COVID about non-essential jobs. Now, imagine if you just got labeled that. Your job's non-essential. You are non-essential. For the human race to, con- to continue, you are not needed. What a statement to say to someone, right? What an amazing did anyone, thing did to come out watch? on TV and say. <laughs> Sorry, did anyone ever watch uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with the b arc? <laughs> so, so long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which one? The the new one or the old one? Uh, I can't reach one. It one. It, it might have been like season five, but they crash land. They go back in time. Arthur Dent and the other guy, Ford Prefect, go back in. End up going back in time somehow, and they're on like a ship that crashes into what will become well, what is Earth, but will become Earth. Right. But it's like everyone on this ship is like a management consultant, hairdresser, like all this stuff. And yeah. they, it becomes apparent as they're talking to them that actually they've just, the dross. they've just <laughs> pulled up all of the useless people, yeah. put them on a spaceship and said, we're going to a new planet. Um, yeah. We did you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. They kind of get there and it's like, then they keep having these, like there's like a documentary filmmaker. So, so it's like, they're doing all this stuff, which is all completely pointless. Yeah. And they just yeah. have not clocked on that. They're just yeah. going to all die. Yeah. And Arthur Dent and Ford so, are like, Oh, so, fuck. Just FYI, and I, and I, I don't know if anyone know, anyone's seen this, but they they do. Uh, Carlton Cuse is going to do a uh, 2021 Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There you go. Good. Mm. And a, a remake. Yeah, it was a series. A series, not a film. Oh. So, not to derail, but just because I'm trying to remember this complex dude's name in my head before I forget, there's a a, a thing called Moravec's Moravec's paradox that says when we think about uh, AI and we think about machines taking human jobs, we tend to uh, incorrectly think that machines will take away, quote unquote, the simple jobs. So we consider simple jobs things that are brainless, right? So things that don't require a lot of mental capacity. So we we start talking about factory workers and delivery drivers and all these sorts of things. Well, because that's what we've experienced before with correctly. the Industrial Revolution. Yes, correct, correct. The, the paradox that Moravec suggests is that things like navigating three-dimensional space, communicating in, in vocal language, in written language, all these sorts of things that humans take for granted, that humans think that, you know, if any six-year-old can do it, a machine can do it, are often not the case, right? Walking for a robot is really fucking hard. Navigating terrain that is not pre-known is really fucking hard. Conversely, things that are really hard for people. So if I gave you massive matrix multiplications or I gave you, you know, enormous mathematical problems, whether they're statistical problems or financial problems or anything like that, computers can do these things in an instant. We struggle with them. We take days and weeks and months and sometimes just can't. We just can't deal with the problem space. It's too big for us to consider. So this concept that when the when AI comes along and the machines comes along, it's going to be all the people in factories that don't have jobs and all the lawyers and, and programmers that are going to keep their jobs we might find that it's the complete opposite, right? We might find that these office jobs that we've invented, these high intellectual jobs that we've invented, they will vaporize the quickest. And all that's left for everybody else to do is be Uber, Uber, Uber Eats drivers, right? So that's a fascinating concept too. If AI comes along and decimates, say 20% of the industry, right? So what are we at now unemployment rise, uh, unemployment wise with COVID? Well, We're at 
We're supposed to get up to 10%. 10%, right? So let's take 10% as a, as a number. What if that doubled 20% or even 30%? What would that look like? Right? What, what, and, and not because of some virus, but because just it is more commercially viable for a machine to do your job. I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be like yeah. sucking some <laughs> ridiculous penis right now. Or yeah, something right. Like, well, that's another question. What, what are you, you willing went. to do? There first, everything yeah. <laughs> for my kids. Everything, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, maybe maybe we need to start we'll thinking strongly we'll about UBI. Suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's it. I mean, Sorry. Oh, is that your other <laughs> side business? I was just I mean, making I, I, some I notes. Yeah. So no, go ahead, Alex. Go, go, go. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's it. There's a lot of decision making jobs that these people have, have jobs that I mean, look at this, this, you know, sort of the, what's led Virgin to this point, you know, what's saying a roll of the dice is any more or less effective than Barry, who's, you know, a middle manager at Virgin, like, fuck, he doesn't, you know, what, you know, and it's like, okay, well, let's try it. Let's try replacing three middle managers with a random number generator that's fed data to point in the right direction. Let's just do it. Okay. You know, you don't no, have to I mean, pay. A random number generator does not require a Porsche. It doesn't require. But but that type of thing would be like it'd be Netflix doing it, not, hmm. not Channel Ten. No, sure. Yeah, awesome. Good, good program. Good channel on YouTube. They talk frequently about rates of change that are largely invisible to us, right? So we don't see five hundred thousand middle managers get sacked. What we see is that Netflix make the same amount of money as General Motors did okay. at their peak. And Netflix gotcha. did it with 5,000 people and General Motors did it yeah. with a million people. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, okay. so that's okay. the difference, right? So we're, yeah. we're now looking at mega corporations that are mega in dollars, but they're not very big in population. And the reason they're not very big in population is because they're not hiring. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, so yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's not that they're sacking anybody. It's just that those jobs don't exist ah, in the just, new just world. Just disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the only yeah. people that are doing them are the old world. Now, you go, okay, well, that's fine. Those jobs still exist, right? We're creating new jobs over here, but we're not demolishing the old jobs over there. Aren't we? Like Australia's not manufacturing cars anymore. We just sacked a whole bunch of people manufacturing cars, right? So these old industries are now dying off. So we don't necessarily hear it in terms of, oh, we just replaced all these numpties with AI. What we hear is this new company's doing things, they're using all software or cloud or whatever, blockchain, whatever the fuck the buzzword is that they're using. But then these old businesses just kind of die off and vaporize and we hear from every now and then such and such went broke and so many people are now unemployed and there's 6,000 unemployed from that, 10,000 unemployed from that. And they just keep building and building and building. And we don't glue the two together. We don't look at that and go, yeah, yeah, that was, you know, nobody sort of says that's because of AI or that's because of software. They just go, oh, well, that business didn't evolve. That business didn't change. Mm-hmm. Australia didn't work out how to, how to move packages around the country when everybody wants to move a fucking package. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's stuff like that that we hear all the time where the new stuff just kind of happens quietly and the old stuff happens well, it doesn't happen and it kind of falls apart and we don't glue those two things together because it's not within the same company. But again, we've got to look at this from a global point of view, right? How many how many Australian jobs has US Netflix cost? I, I don't know, but I'm sure that there are people not employed in this country because of what's going on over there. I'm certain that there are people not employed in this country in all sorts of industries because of other things that are available overseas. So whether it's your AliExpresses or your Amazons or whoever, who cares, right? There's probably a maximum of five people working in Netflix in Australia. 
and none of those are technical. Yeah, exactly. There's 20 of them and there's no technical people. There's no technical whatsoever, right? None technical. Why, why do they need technical people? They don't need it. Why do they need it? Well, the shit kicker jobs we do. What was that AI website that you sent through that was just about news and it just generated news based yeah, off AI? Um, yeah, I don't, that was that was a while ago. But, yeah, just it tried to generate fake news using real news headlines as a test. So that was, it was, a, that was more a natural language test. So it was testing to see the viability of whether or not you believe the headlines based on a readability point of view. So less of, that was less about the content and more about language. So natural language is a big problem for machines. Machines are really terrible at speaking English. Most English speakers are really terrible at speaking English. Mm. So, yeah, so that's more that side of things. And, again, that comes back in the moral access paradox, I think, where machine speaking English isn't the problem, right? Like we can be receptionists for people on the phone while the machines make the big heavy lifting decisions. The machines are making all the financial decisions. The machines are making the scheduling decisions. The machines are weighing up the possibility of whether or not this show will sell or that show will sell based on the viability and the and the statistics of the last 20 shows of that particular type sold in these particular regions and all that kind of shit, right? So they're the things that where the machines are making. This is, becoming a, this is becoming a scary podcast. Well, well I'm, not, I'm not just getting I'm not just getting Google AI to order some Chinese for me. Like no, it's no. now becoming you know yeah. they're doing some really. Look, evil I, sh- I think we we have to without fear we have to acknowledge that there is a a realistic future that we're facing where a lot of our jobs are just going to evaporate. So what uh, what are we going to do? Number one about money because the current system we've got this current capitalist society that we've got can't stop. We can't just not do that, right? Like it, it's it's too hard. Okay, but but if if AI starts running the show, do they just start producing, you know, Fleshlight 4.0 or 5.0 where I'm just masturbating 24/7 and I don't care about it? I've got UBI, I've got my I've got my my money coming in the door. Yeah, you just get hooked up to your Fleshlight milker. I've got my flashlight. I get my flashlight milk out, and I don't have to worry about shit. I wake up in the morning. I don't have a cigarette. I don't have cereal. I just have my flashlight <laughs> 4.0. Uh, yeah. I've got my money. Everything's cool. The kids so, are taken so, care of. <laughs> certainly drifting away from the concept of UBI as a, as a pure. Clearly, I'm, ta- I'm taking no, 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 this no. right now. No, right? No, so but just, you're not. You're not. It's it's a totally valid question. So I, I asked, wait, I don't know, fucking two hours ago, what would you do with a million dollars, right? <laughs> Did you like ask? That? It's, it's 1041 right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I asked that question, right? I said, what would you do with a million bucks? That's that's the, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> Did you ask what what do we do for a million dollars? Briefly, right? And I wouldn't buy anything in Sydney for a million dollars. Is essentially <laughs> yeah. what I'd be fucking doing. What What would you do? Oh, carport didn't for have sale. to work. <laughs> Sean's carport, a million bucks. What would you do if you didn't have to work? It's probably not a question that you can just answer. Right now. <laughs> you asking me that I now, can. right now? I can. Yeah, sure. Let's Let's go around the room. What would you do if you didn't have to work, Jaybot? The short version. It'd be a tough one because. That's all. I, that's all I've been programmed to do is to mm-hmm. is to is the thing about work, right? Mm-hmm. So you're and, 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 and the, and, the company and, you work for and everything like it has vaporized, and now machines make but, better content than anybody you ever knew. But what but, do you but, do for work? What do you do? But, what do you do for life? But I'm the average Joe, right? In the sense that okay, so what do you do? I, I've 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 been I've been condi- <laughs> I've been conditioned to go nine to five, blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm not like potentially Phil or Alex or or, or yourself or whatever. That's that's fine. What what do you do nine to five? I, I work for whatever the company I'm working for. Okay, and there's no company. What do you do? 
No, exactly. No, no, no yeah, you're right. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I, fucking I think. Yeah. I, I look. I, I, and it's a bit. Up. Oh, sorry. Flashlight. Four point oh. Four point So that point one. That takes you with new improved flashlight. That takes you from friction pole on the other side. So That's one it. on this side and the other side. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. a, and, a, and a drip tray. Yeah. <laughs> I throw it out. I get another flashlight. Yeah. It comes the next day. So Every that day. That takes you from nine a.m. to nine twelve a.m. Single, <laughs> single, single use flashlight. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Okay, sorry, sorry. No, yeah, no. You're right. You're right. So, so, look, I'm, it, it's a bit unfair because asking you straight off the cuff is not. No, no. You're right. I, yeah. I, I think I think majority of the population. If you ask them that question, they would go, "Yeah, no, I, I yeah. don't know," because because that's okay, what they would probably stop for the first four days. And yeah, yeah. Now I don't know what to do. No. Think, look, COVID's been pretty fascinating for me as as someone who can invent millions of things to do in their spare time. None of them important, but all of them fascinating <laughs> to me personally and privately. I'm fascinated by the fact that people can't do that. That that doesn't make any sense to me. There's no. There's no connection for me with humanity not being able to come up with things to do. But there's like three things, right? Baking, pastries, <laughs> right? Watching yeah. watching more fucking shows that are, and, and, and fitness. That's that's about essentially the three things everyone could actually come up with, right? I've, I mean, I've watched less TV during COVID than I did. But you've been busy, it. Alex, though, right? You, you've actually been not doing with work. Stuff. Not necessarily. No, I've been feeling like my days are full of stuff, like – whether it's work, there is work, but I work less now than I worked prior. Like I'm, there is, I'm having really bad weeks, but I have weeks where I haven't had. But but, but but your your focus is still Sorry. your your focus is still your job in the sense that it's painless. No, I've built I've built model airplanes. <laughs> I've baked. I've recorded okay. music. What did you I've, been working on like uh, I've baked bread, I've baked cakes, I've uh, done a lot of sourdough. Things. So, 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 okay, so, so, Mon- so, Mon- so, Monty, coming back to what you were saying, then, yeah, yeah. your original so question. What's, what's so I, I see Alex as a chronic problem solver, right? Alex is not happy without a puzzle in his life, and all he wants to do is solve puzzles. That's it. That, that's his. That right. that if if you if you scrape all the shit off the top, Alex likes solving puzzles. So, in the absence of puzzles, Alex will go and find puzzles. Right? Baking is a puzzle. There's a thing you start with a bunch of mess and you've got to end with a delicious thing. How do you get from point to point? There's not a lot of difference between baking and the open source software. All the same. <laughs> really wow. It took you what? Time. What was it? 10.45. You said open source. It took you like two hours to say open source. Holy shit. But, right, it's the same shit, right? And I, I think I think everybody here is a bit, a bit like that. Everybody is mm. a problem solver because we're all sort of in that engineering space. Even the sales guy. I think there's a hidden success out there. Oh. Um, it's quite sexy yeah it's good but that's what i'm saying right everybody everybody just wants to solve problems um and and problems are infinite with or without ai with or without machines with there's still there's a human element to all of us that uh is problematic that machines i don't think can assist us with or they can't in a in an organic way they can probably help us in an inorganic way um but you know, there's there's no way. I think you know, connecting with people and connecting with yeah, I've said this before, right? Connecting with the elderly, connecting with people who are down and out, connecting with people who are depressed. You know, and we talk about um, you know, whenever we talk about mental health and, and particularly men's health, they often say that you know, men live longer when they're in social groups, right? So we we don't know why, we just know that that happens. We know that. Um, blokes who talk are blokes who live longer, blokes who sort of go inward and don't talk are blokes who die off. And there's no real sensible set of logic for that. It doesn't really make any sense why that would happen, but we definitely know that it does happen. 
So I think the human connection is something that we can all do pretty well and other things too, like the hobbies that we invent and the thing. Like I've often said, if machines did everything, if I could push a button to 3D print anything that was delivered to perfect engineering accuracy, I would still make wooden furniture in my shed. Even though the stuff I make is going to be fucking terrible, right? Because I just will. I just, I like, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the zen and the mm. serenity of taking a lump of wood and turning it into a chair and knowing that I did that process with my own two hands. And it doesn't matter if nobody sees that, right? Like people, people say to me all the time with the arcade machines, why don't you sell them? You make them and sell them. Why the fuck would I want to sell them, right? They're a pain. I've, I've given a couple away to people and they just break down all the fucking time, right? They've just got computers inside and computers are shit. <laughs> I hate it. But I like building them, right? And there's no, there's no valid reason for it. Other than it's just but that's like a steam. Like you, you, you're, you're like an engineer in a steam locomotive or something, right? Like yeah, yeah, you're, sure. out, you're out getting and, the kiddies know, on the Sunday. Phil, Phil's uh, Phil's model trains are the same, right? Like Phil doesn't yeah, do yeah. model trains for everybody else; he does it for him. Yeah. Right? It scratches an itch, and he likes it. <laughs> Selfish prick. <laughs> it's mental masturbation, right? That's what it is. <laughs> it is, and and it can go for longer than ten minutes, and you can do it more than once a day. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I think I definitely think outside of you know going wrapping back up on the UBI thing. What do we do when the machines take over? How do we deal with it? I think UBI is a patch on a society that's addicted to a certain financial model of things mm. because it's been you know people keep saying capitalism is is the best system we've ever had. You know, my caveat to that is so far. I think everything has a limit and everything has a shelf life. And I think capitalism is is reaching, pure capitalism is reaching an end. I think we can keep going, but we're going to have to dangle little bits of other isms in there to make it work. And we're certainly going to have to do away with this concept that you job defines. I think that's fucking ridiculous. Um, and I think that's that's prevalent and pervasive across all society and it's got to go. We've got to start looking at the, the more human elements and the more human aspects. Yeah, but... but, but- get us there. This isn't just going to take an email to people. Like you're, you're, you're talking about. It's, uh, there's a memo on Tuesday. Yeah, there's a memo like, hey, guys, just drop all your Instagram accounts and everything else. We're talking about a fundamental change of like you're going to, you, we're, as, as a society, we're going to have to go through a real fucking change where we come out the other end and go, oh, you know what? There's no more Instagram or there's no more Facebook. Yeah, there's, there's no reason why we couldn't do that. Like we've gone through... Yeah, we've got humanity has gone through like paradigm changes. I mean, the Romans, mm. just because it's my other nerd talent, like went from multi-theism where you had gods for everything and then they just went, ah, oh, no, you're Christians now. Yep. Yeah. You know? And it's like they just pivoted the whole fucking you know, yeah. the whole of the world. Yeah. yeah, I need to leave. Um, Why? Why? Where are you going? I'm, I'm getting angry messages. I need to go. From who? From I've who? got shit to do. It's to 11 do. o'clock. What's yes, left to do at 11 o'clock? All right, guys. I will. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Traitor. Fucking millennials. <laughs> there is a point where, where we're going to have to finish this, guys, isn't there? Or, or is, is the idea that we run this through till the end? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like a telephone. Yeah. I just want to get it. Follow me, it's the shit that we're talking for, is it?